This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. We're having some pretty fantastic weather here again. All the way into November, it was 80 degrees on Sunday, I don't know, Monday, um, 70-something maybe, got up to about 70. I don't remember all the temperatures, but it's been pretty nice out. I was out busy building a little, uh, what would you want to say, uh, ladder. Why am I being so cryptic? I have this weird spot on my fence line. There's no gate over there. and. It seems like pretty frequently I got to hop over that. And I don't really mind doing it, but if I don't have gloves on, it's a pretty high splinter risk with the split rail fence. I know, I know, I know. Boo hoo. Uh, but, and it's just not, there's not good footing and so forth. And um, I don't need to take a header off the fence. You know what I mean? I'm getting too old for that stuff. I got to be a little careful. So. I built this um, these steps into the fence, if you will. A ladder on one side, really, and steps on the other side. Just two. Just two and one. One rung, two steps. And it makes it, and then there's a, a handle. And that adds to the fact that the, uh, you know, the split rails aren't meant for a big gorilla like me to be jumping up and down on. And uh, although they seem to handle it just fine, but I put a post there in about the middle. I lined it up with another post to conceal it a little bit. And what that does is it puts a little strength in those split rails since there's a little mid support. And um, it gives you a handle to hold on to. Anyway, it worked out really well. It took me about an hour or so to get that done. Why would I mention all that? Well... Uh, I also delivered <laughs> the salt lick that my buddy gave me, and I've got some mineral attractant and uh, a trail cam. So we're looking to set that up here. I don't know if I'll get to that here in the next day or so, but maybe by the weekend at the latest. We'll see what happens. Hoping that the steps would facilitate all that. Anyway, there's a couple of stories that uh, I had been putting together for future podcasts and had this kind of blend of different uh, topics that really wasn't any one, but each of them had caught my eye for a slightly different reason. None of them really connected, but then when I stood back and I thought, you know, there is a connection here. And there's a couple of things about these stories that I think you can look at a little bit differently and take away a whole different magnitude of what's really going on with the story. And the first piece of the story is that Governor Josh Shapiro, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, um, implemented new rules for the oil and gas, I believe, I don't know if it's just limited to fracking, but it has to do with methane, um, methane uh, exhaust, whatever you would, uh, you know, call that. And measuring that and regulating that in this kind of cooperative fashion with the dirty birdie gas companies. Boy, that you, you ought to take a look at this story. Who was the story from? It Was it from the Inquirer? 
Uh, hard to say. I don't know where it came from. I got to get a little better at that. That's not good. I should really cite my sources. The article's here. You can look at the link. Maybe I'll go. I see what I need to do. Uh, inside Climate News. Well, that tells you right there why there's the slant. The governor also announced a collaboration with CNX Resources, a gas driller. A collaboration with a gas driller. Oh, dirty governor. <laughs> anyway, they're kind of bashing him for this, this regulation. I sent the story over to a buddy of mine. And he said, uh, it's going to make gas more expensive. This would be natural gas, by the way. I looked at it and I said, you know what I see? That's my personal perspective. That this is a governor who understands that we are going to need uh, combustible fuels for heat in Pennsylvania for a long time to come. If you listen to what I have to say Monday about the amperage required uh, it's just a ludicrous idea to think that heating and transportation are going to come from electric with any available technology today, with rare exceptions. Having said that, I'm not anti-solar. I'm pro-solar. You've heard me talk about it, locally generated, where it makes sense. It can make a lot of sense. Tests in Costa Rica and many other places that have been wildly successful. Not so much here in Pennsylvania. It can be advantageous, but not like Costa Rica, of course. Why would anybody even think that it would be? And there's a big difference between air conditioning and heat, by the way. Big, big difference. I like electric cars. I love hybrids, as you know. They drive better, perform better. I'm not convinced it's really doing anything for the environment. Quieter, less noise pollution. And why aren't we looking at the environment as a whole? Anyway, back to Shapiro. Uh, I was not a fan of Josh Shapiro. Um, I'm still not. I didn't like his campaign, his uh, anti-Protestant campaign. I'll continue to say it. He was. If things were said about Jewish people that he said about uh, Protestants labeling them radicals for their beliefs. Uh, with his background, I find it sickening. I really do. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. Horrible. Just dirty politics, really. And you've got a lot of good Protestant people in this in this state. Why was that necessary? So having said that, I thought he ran a dirty campaign. I thought he did a great job with the uh, I-95 um, uh, repair there. Uh when the uh, truck blew up under the bridge, he did a great job with that. And he's done a great job with some other things. He hasn't delivered on everything. I think he did a bit of a turncoat on uh, school vouchers. But this uh, issue here, I think, is good that he is cooperating with the gas industry. We need the natural gas. It's very important. Um, I want to talk to you about a bunch of other stories. i got to take a, a little break to go take care of something. Uh, you're not even going to know I'm going. I'll see you in a second. Told you, barely missed me, didn't you? Anyway, back to the uh, issues at hand. Uh, and just to say, uh, I guess I find uh, in a warped way the, the, what the governor's doing, good news, I, you know, more regulation. You like to say maybe they would have wiped out some other regulation, but I don't really have an opinion about that because I, I don't really know anything about it. So 
just stepping aside from that, I just I think it's good that he seems to be supporting the uh, natural gas industry. Or is he? Or do you think that's more snuffing out? I don't think so. I don't think so. This is a long-range plan that's going to go beyond this 2030, 2050, you know, zero-carbon nonsense. Anyway, uh, here's a story about the state of Ohio purging voter rolls. 26,000 voters were cleaned up from the voting rolls uh, right before the uh, abortion referendum deadline. Now, what do you make of that? Hmm, corrupt, uh, business as usual, nobody knows. Uh, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on that either. Uh, It's good for Democrats, good for Republicans. I don't know. I don't have an opinion on that either. Who knows who even led it? Could have very well been something that Republicans initiated, perhaps done through a uh, legal action. There was places in Pennsylvania here, Delaware County, two counties below me, and uh, they had to purge some voter rolls. For some reason, I I feel like our county did too, but I'm not sure about that. Uh, What does all this tell you? Well, it tells you that the voter rolls are dirty. Dirty, dirty, dirty. What does that mean? It means that it creates an opportunity, opportunity to corrupt the elections. And I can prove it because if it didn't present an opportunity for something, then there would be more of an effort to clean it up, not defend it. See what I'm saying? I want to share this story with you. This is really pretty fascinating. This uh, The morality of this Israel-Hamas conflict. I don't know what you label it atrocity, horrific. I think last I saw 10,000 Palestinians dead. Of that, maybe 3,000 fighters. It's a lot of civilians ratio-wise. 1,400 Israelis, much of that. Barbaric, horrific. Some of that going on, continuing to go on. Why? Uh, I can't even rationalize that. But there is an ideological difference. And, you know, it's one thing to hate somebody for the color of their skin. That happens. Envy over skin color, nationality. Um, But uh, there's also differences in ideology, the way different people think. And it's one of the reasons why, for example, you see that Hasidic Jews handle diamonds almost exclusively. Um, and, and there's many other examples of this I can't think of off the top of my head, not, not related to Jewish people, but to other, uh, um, you know, faith. And, um, you know, not to compare, obviously, apple, uh, you know, apples to oranges, but... Um, Look at olive oil. Where does olive oil come from? One place, Italy. It's not a good example. But you see what I'm saying? You have these uh, areas where there's been this um, ethnic uh, excelling for for a variety of a million different reasons, right? Um, uh, You know, 
environmental factors, where they live, uh, Japanese fishermen, for example. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of that in the plains of Africa. You know what I'm saying? They're going to do things a little bit differently out there. That's going to affect a million other things. Uh, but then there's these different beliefs systems that societies take on. And uh, there's volumes written on this, and it starts to blend uh, psychology and religion. And I have, you know, read just enough about these things to be really dangerous, okay? Enough to say that I understand that people sometimes think very, very differently about things. And how do you explain all that? Well, a guy like, um, uh, who's the guy from Canada? Jordan Peterson. You know, he, you know, there's a guy that can explain this kind of phenomena to you a lot better than somebody like me. But I understand that people think differently. What does that mean in terms of how we live together? Uh, well, here's a little story. This is from um, uh, somebody who's known nationally, and she's Lebanese. And she says that towards the end of the war in, in Lebanon, her mother was injured, and they needed to get her to a hospital. And there was only one option for a hospital for the Lebanese people, and that was in Israel, amazingly, right? Their, their enemy that was also uh, taking care of their wounded. Think about that, right? So the family, this Lebanese family, this little girl at the time, watching her family get torn apart by this war, the money's drying up, the mother gets injured. Uh, I don't know how, what, what caused the injury, but she needed to go to a hospital in Israel. The father pulls out from under the mattress the last $60 that they had, and he gives it to her and says, get your mother to a hospital. So she has to make this journey that she explains in the story. Uh, she's got to get a cab, basically, or whatever they called it, uh, to get her, I guess, to the border or something like that, to where the ambulance rendezvous was. And that first leg of the journey, she doesn't know what to do. She thinks it's going to be expensive. And she offers this driver this $60. He takes half of it. He says, keep the other half for the rest of your journey. She's very grateful for this act of gratitude. They get to the border, and I probably have maybe some of the details wrong here, but it's not going to really impact the moral of the story, if you will. It's a true story. So she claims, anyway. Get to where they got together. She gets in the Israeli ambulance, and uh, she thinks, man, all I have is $30. I don't know if they're going to take it for the ride, let alone how are we going to pay for the hospital? Get to the hospital and she offers the remaining $30 to the Israeli um, ambulance driver. Driver says, uh, no, keep your money. This is all free. Now, what she said is at that moment she realized the difference between the Jewish people and her own people that her own people, the Lebanese driver, took the $30 from her uh, when it should have been free. But yet here was the her enemy, supposed to be her enemy, the uh, Jewish person, and they were honest with her. Now, you know, it's an interesting thing you could say about Jewish people, the Jewish faith. 
Um, but it is a culture that is based on honesty. Now, you know, you may get more or less of that like any other culture for sure, but um, it is a culture that's based on honesty. I really don't know enough about the Arab culture, but, you know, that, that's the um, the testimony here. And I can tell you that uh, some of the things I've read about other cultures, they're just not trustworthy. When you think about that, if you can't trust somebody uh, in, in cases of money, commerce, or life and death, murder, you know, it gets really crazy. And there's parts of the world that are really operating like that. Here's a testimony to it, what she had to say. So listen to this. Some of you, if you remember back in the day, I talked about this extensively. Free college, baby. And people said I was nuts. Well, here we go. I said that the government, I told, I said this story in the election, the last election, that Trump ought to push free college. He should make Facebook pay for it. Well, he's got a little spin on the whole thing, of course. He wants to make Harvard pay for it, which uh, is an interesting idea. I think, first of all, that the, we need to stop federal government subsidies of Harvard and a lot of other these uh, institutions. Billions and billions of dollars. And all it is is a big money laundering. I shouldn't say completely, but mostly. All it is is a big money laundering scheme. And I can prove it, okay? You ready? <clears throat> so Harvard grads uh, lean heavily to government and government think tanks that are Funded by government, of course, including Harvard, that gets a ton of money from the government. And um, that money is used to pay people to work at Harvard, almost a one-to-one ratio with the students. Unbelievable, right? And then uh, who knows how they're giving the campaign contribution money back to political candidates. They probably can, since it's, I guess, a private university. And it's just a great big money laundering deal for liberals like a liberal training ground paid for by government dollars. Unbelievable. Um, I wanted to mention this to you. Uh, The way you uh, buy or sell a home is about to change. I mentioned the big court case to you the other day about wetlands and that federal agencies could no longer make their own interpretations into law. Well, this is huge as well. The courts have ruled, and I don't know the details of it. Uh, I talked about this several times back in the day as the case was making its way through the courts. And I'll give you my feelings on it. But basically, they've broken up the um, um, the National Association of Realtors and the Multiple Listing Service Monopoly. And uh, I hate to say it like that, but... People have felt that there's been no other option, and the realtors have pushed this, where people have wanted to list homes themselves. People feel that they could use the Internet to list their homes themselves. I think, frankly, uh, the need for for realtors is probably long gone. Um, I believe people could sell their own home, that there may be a flat fee type of arrangement to get the home, but I don't want to get into that. The bottom line is that uh, the future is going to be looking a lot different. And um, 
you know, what is that future going to look like? Well, we're going to have natural gas, thanks to Governor Shapiro, or at least it appears we will for a few more years. Elections, uh, the voter rolls are getting purged. Does that mean that the elections will be more or less better? It's really hard to say. We still have drop boxes here in Pennsylvania. Why? It's not a COVID thing. We're going to be dealing with Hamas and Arabs for a long time. There's billions of them. Can we live together peacefully? Do we want to live together peacefully? Hard to say some days, isn't it? Trump wants a free online college. Isn't it about time? You want job training? Why doesn't the government just do it? AI training, lineman training, all kinds of online training programs, the government uh, to help people qualify for jobs. I'm all for it. Why didn't somebody build it? Well, it's expensive. I don't know. Maybe there's not enough value in it. Maybe it, need, it takes more than that. Maybe people just want to go to a school. Well, you need it for certain things. But I think a lot could be done in a much more efficient fashion. Uh, would you want to sell your home yourself? What do you think? So I think this is a mixed bag. You know, you want everyone to say, oh, the dirty realtors when they're making big money. Uh, but very few do. And the ones that do work their tails off. Uh, they do provide a service because uh, buying and selling a home has largely become an adversarial process. Shamefully. One of those few things about being an American. It's like you want to fight with the person you're buying or selling with. Uh, the person that we bought from here was just wonderful. Hopefully she would say this. No, I know she would. She passed away, unfortunately. But um, it was funny. I came in. I said to the realtor, let's get the contract. He said, don't you want any contingencies? I said, I don't need any. He said, what about an inspection? I said, well... You and I are going to walk through right now. I'm going to inspect it before I give you this check. He said, okay. And uh, I missed a couple things. Uh, what did I miss? Uh, the age of the air compressor um, I thought would have lasted longer. We're going to be replacing that. Um, the water tank off the water heater. Um, and this setup, it's an expensive setup to replace. Um, anyway, I don't need to go into all these details. I did miss a couple little things, but I really wouldn't have handled it any differently. The price that we offered, I was willing to pay, and I'm just not one. I don't like that. You know, if you're going to go in and make an offer at X price and then say, well, I want a new roof and a new heater and a new driveway, I'm saying, wait a minute. If it had a new roof, a new heater, and a new driveway, I would have charged more for it. And uh, somehow people go along with the shenanigans. And that's the way that the realtors, I think, do a disservice, really or can do a disservice, depending on how it gets handled. Personally, having sold a lot of real estate in my life, many, many homes uh, that I built and sold, homes that I built, rented, and then ultimately sold off my own residence. Uh, there, if I was going to sell my home now, there's a particular realtor that I would use, and I would not do it myself. I could. I could. I would, I would feel comfortable doing it, but if she was available, I would use her. She's the best. Um, I don't know. What do you think about it? It's going to all change now. Do you see this is going to disrupt that whole industry big time? You'll see new businesses created and other opportunities that dry up quickly. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know if you've heard this story that uh, Pakistan 
is having a mass deportation of Afghan refugees. Unbelievable, really, when you think about this. It is pushing people around. Uh, how are they moved? Um, how are they fleeing? Is I on foot? Nuts. Mayhem. Many ways, at least. Is that going to happen here? Is that what our future is going to look like? When somebody wakes up and says, we can't have all these people here from Central America, South America. Then where do they go? What does the future look like for AI? Elon Musk saying again recently that AI will eventually create a situation where no job is needed. I say bunk a Rooney. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Not even close. We'll see what happens. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is what does the future of war look like? And I saw this story, and uh, here's the headline. This is from the BBC. Of course, they're credible, right? The headline is, the United States is quietly arming Taiwan to the teeth. And they go on to describe in intimate detail with dollar amounts, who they were provided to over the years, something called the FMF. What does the FMF stand for? I just had it. Ah, I don't have it here. Foreign Military Finance. And this is how, I think I just said it on Monday, they were giving another $450 million or something to Ukraine. Money coming out of the Pentagon budget to arm other countries. I guess this is the new thing. Instead of us fighting, it's dirty to fight. Our young people dying. We can't get, let them fight. Just give them the weapons. So here, and this story details it, the BBC, the dirty politics, where the United States officially says through the Biden administration that they do not recognize a two-state solution. They recognize Taiwan as part of China essentially a state of China and they're and they're at the same time arming Taiwan now what could happen with those weapons ultimately how does that affect our relationship with China you know you talk about integrity and honesty how can the, how can China possibly come to the table thinking that they're going to have a fair shake with us while we're arming Taiwan and saying out of the others, no, we don't recognize them as an independent state. But you're giving them weapons. What kind of weapons? And where do they ultimately end up? What does that mean for the future of warfare? Almost guaranteeing some kind of conflict coming out of Taiwan. I'll leave you with this little story in terms of the future of war. Julian Assange laid out the story that ISIS is funded by Saudi Arabia and Qatar. Okay? I always wondered about this. I thought we were funding ISIS. I, was, I said, why do we see ISIS parading across vast areas with American um, uh, artillery and Humvees and I don't know about tanks. Crazy. How could this be? I think you see a lot of it with Hamas. How many American weapons does Hamas? They said, well, it came from Afghanistan. Did it? 
I'm not so sure. ISIS is funded by Saudi Arabia and Qatar, according to Julian Assange in this Hillary Clinton email. Meanwhile, we sold weapons to Saudi Arabia. In effect, not in effect, we armed ISIS to go and do what? Horrible things, which may now even be... uh, working with Hezbollah. This is nuts when you think about it. It had to have been a possibility. Look at what changed when Donald Trump took office. ISIS evaporated. Why? Because he's uh, friendly with Saudi Arabia. They called the dogs off. I guess this is the future of war. That was my point, where we're arming these different areas, groups, and then you have these private militaries or militias like Wagner and ISIS, and mayhem, as best I can tell. Hey, God willing, I'll be back on Friday. we got a couple things going on. You may already know that Friday is a big day around here. And hopefully it's a big day for you, too. I'll let you look it up. Well, the most important date on the American calendar, without a doubt. I can't guarantee I'll be here. I'd like to be. We'll see what happens. We'll I'll see you soon. God willing. Make it a great day.